This is the weekly sales meeting for June 18th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic is Do You Suffer from Telephobia? The telephone patent was granted to Alexander Graham Bell in 1876. There are others that lay claim to the invention. The names of Antonio Miucci and Elisha Gray have also been credited with some advances in the same field. Regardless of which telephone inventor you would like to place at the altar of electronic communication, I don't think that even in a million years did anyone envision it would be used to robocall us about our car's extended warranty, or in any of the other half a dozen scam calls I receive weekly. And my number is on the national do not call list. So much for digital innovation. The phone is one of the many tools in your selling arsenal. In fact, it may be the most efficient arrow in our quiver. In reflecting on my selling career, I can trace the 10 largest orders ever written in my life back to a phone call. That one phone call secured the first appointment. In each case, it was one of 20 or 30 made that day. Some ended in no connection. Some numbers were disconnected. Some contacts were wrong. I became well-versed in pivoting mid-sentence and redirecting my ask to the right person. Some calls ended in rejection. Some ended with appointments. The phone has been a sales delivery vehicle for me, and often my best source of connecting with new people. Sorry, social selling experts. Calling people remains the top method for sellers to make binding appointments. That begs the question about you. What is your view of the device? Do you view the telephone as a friend or enemy? Burden or boon? For some, the telephone is a paralyzing device. You look at the phone and you might think it is covered in cobras. Those snakes are ready to strike as soon as we touch the device. It is a phobia we have conjured up in our minds. This, of course, is unfounded. But this fear is fueled by the potential rejection lurking on the other end of the phone. And we, as humans, tend to have an internal fear of rejection. We want people to like us. And somehow, if one person on the other end of the phone is unkind or reacts in a negative way, we take that as a personal affront. In this, our chosen profession, the telephone becomes a life force for us. It enhances our ability to connect with people. It allows us to continue to book appointments with new and current customers. It is a lifesaver and a time saver. Yet some suffer from anxiety any time the mere mention of using the phone to contact someone new is broached. Call this phone anxiety, or the more precise term is telephobia. It is the fear and avoidance of the phone and phone conversations. It is common among those with social anxiety. The current state of the world has not helped. We have spent an inordinate amount of time trying to avoid contact with other humans. All out of fear. Fear they might have cooties. And you're right, I use the word cooties. Who knew my second grade experience would be useful this far in the future? Our reliance on email, text messages, social media, and other forms of electronic communication has relegated the phone to the back seat. The most effective option is going to see people face to face. That could become cost prohibitive. And so the telephone remains the most efficient way for us to be successful. Despite the obvious benefits of telephone usage, we still look at it as a hindrance. It could be because most of our adult lives, no good news comes by telephone. When people have good news to give you, they will rush to see you, so they can be the bearer of good news. Bad news, however, is best delivered at a distance, and a distance where no physical harm can be done. So that stigma exists. But it is not all bad news. Some of the feedback is positive. There are other reactions from the other end of the line. There are people who are rude to you on the telephone, but then there are those who are not. 
Yes, sometimes we receive rejection via telephone, but then there are times we don't. In selling, we all need to develop a grand case of temporary amnesia. The fear associated with using a telephone is wholly unfounded. Projecting this fear before picking up the telephone is a guaranteed formula for disaster. To sell anything, even a connection, that takes a projection of confidence, not fear. That fear exists only in our minds. It is something we have conjured up for ourselves. One method to overcoming fear is to name it. Harness that negativity and turn it into something useful. Give it a name and use it. As Paul Simon wrote, you can call me Al. Well, we'll call ours Al. As long as fear has a name, fear cannot beat me. Al can sit and watch, and he is not on the bench and not playing in this game. You can use it as motivation to make more and better calls. You can use Al to fine-tune your approach. I played a lot of basketball as a teenager. I was a good player, although I was never going to make it to the NBA. I was a good shooter from anywhere on the court. I could hit from anywhere and then would shoot from anywhere also. Some referred to me as the black hole. If you passed it to me, it was going up, never back to you. In the practice of being a good shooter, we would often play a game called Beat the Pro. In this game, you would pick your favorite NBA player as the opponent. They got two points every time you missed, and you would only get one every time you scored. We could do something similar in making prospecting calls. Al would get two points when you fail. You would get one when you connect. Loser buys the coffee. I am a big fan of scripting phone calls. If you walk into my office, you will see a stack of 5x8 index cards. I use these the old-fashioned way to make notes and script calls. I script my messages and my delivery and then practice these until they become second nature. I will work on them every day. The scripts I use today are very different than the ones I used 20 years ago. I have developed a better method of connecting with people. At least that is my belief. I have a better method of diffusing resistance. I have a better method of creating curiosity. It starts with being human. You can do that when you relax. When you are nervous, you tense up. You start to trip on your words. You ramble. You are not prepared, and the call goes into the tank. When you have mastered your telephone scripting, that doesn't happen. Your success rate goes up to a point where Al is buying the coffee. Psychologists have studied the learning phases of primates. Most claim there is a learning model called the conscious competence model. There are four stages of learning. The first is the unconscious incompetence phase. Here we don't know what we don't know, so we charge forward with wide eyes until we hit resistance. The second is the conscious incompetence phase. In it, the wide-eyed failures have taught us to stay away from the resistance and stick to what we know. Later, we pass into the conscious competence arena. It is where we know what we know and are comfortable in that lane, so much so that we don't want to leave it. Finally, there is the unconscious competence level. That is the mastery level. We know our process so well that we do it as second nature. We stop thinking about it, and it is part of our routine. The hard part of this model is the drive to pass from stage to stage. This only happens when we get uncomfortable. I equate this to learning how to ride a bike. In the beginning, we are so excited to get on the bike for the first time, we don't realize we don't have any balance, so we fall off. We get back on and fall off again, this time after going two feet, until one day we get on and ride without hesitation. But we have no idea how that mastery of skill took place. It happened by keeping at it, even when we didn't want to continue. Now, when we get on a bike, we just go. There's no thinking required. When you continue to practice and hone your skills on the telephone, you get better. You get to the point where you don't need the encouragement we have suggested here today. You can pick up the phone and motor. Yet, I will tell you that 
even though my thought is I am unconsciously competent in wielding a telephone, I continue to script my calls. When you reach this proficient level with your telephone skills, you fall into the unconsciously competent few who view prospecting calls as part of the process of success. You have done it by developing a solid opening headline. Your first sentence needs to diffuse resistance and gain interest. Winging it rarely works. It takes writing and writing. It takes editing and re-editing. Writing scripts for the telephone is a lot like copywriting for broadcasts, newspaper, or the internet. It needs to grab people off the bat. Write your scripts and practice them. Put your scripts through the so what test. Why does the receiver of the message even care? Be polite but direct. Let people know who you are and whom you represent. Do that with confidence and a little swagger. When I call people, I let them know who I am, my reason for calling, and that I represent something they need. There is a real reason to keep talking to me. Even then, it may not be enough, but I give them my first and last name and my place of employment. I am polite but direct. I say thank you. Express appreciation for your prospect and their time. I'd like to thank you for taking my call. I know you are busy, so I will be judicious with your time. Then state your purpose. The reason for my call is to find 14 minutes where we can meet to discuss X, Y, and Z and how that impacts you. My singular aim on this call is to secure my appointment. Although I have made the rookie mistake of falling for telephone traps, my plan is such now that I don't fear getting it. I block my time and make my calls using the method above. Having that plan diffuses all fear. This is where the crafting of the message becomes important so as to not sound like a person wanting to sell an extended warranty for a car. It is where it can all fall apart. Remember what you are selling by telephone. You are selling a connection with you. It is an appointment where you are going to help your customer or your prospect improve. You are selling a promise. You are selling curiosity. You are selling a little bit of fear. It is the fear of not knowing what you know. You are selling a good use of time. Time your customer or prospect will grant you if you create enough curiosity for them to see you. I have even gone as far as to guarantee I will not waste their time. At one point in my career, I would offer to donate money to their favorite charity if the meeting was a waste of time. That was so effective I quit doing it, but never wrote a charity check in the two years I offered that service. And once you get it in your head that you are selling appointments by phone, it will be ten times easier to make them. Schedule your appointment and then stop and thank them for their time and close with a confirmation. I look forward to sharing ideas with you next Tuesday at 1015. Get additional information to stay in contact between now and the appointment. Get a cell phone number unless you called it. Get an email address to send a confirmation. Find out about social media habits. Then repeat the process with the next person on the list. And have a list. Call them in order. Don't think about anything but how you can help the person on the other end. And don't think that they are going to say no. Believe they will say yes. Be prepared, not surprised, that you have booked the appointment. You can overcome telephobia. Give it a name, own it, and then work to master it. Notice I didn't say perfect it. You are looking to master this skill and then continue to fine-tune it for the rest of your natural-born life. Telephobia is a fear like other fears, but it doesn't have to prevent you from being successful. Think of all the success you've had by picking up the phone and getting appointments with new people. Put that thought in your heads and let Al have his telephobia over there in the corner. And then when you are crushing it, send him the coffee bill. You will have earned it. 
My book, Yes, I'm a Salesman, You Can Be Too, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order 